Leveling up. Extreme business growth through raising your game. When what was once extraordinary becomes ordinary, you know you've leveled up. Hello and welcome to the Leveling Up podcast with me, George Swift. The Leveling Up podcast is here to give you the personal development, the entrepreneurial development and the business growth that you, the ambitious business owner, desires. I'm here to give you the inspiration, the motivation, but above all else, to challenge your aspirations to take you and your business to the next level. Don't forget, subscribe to this podcast and never miss an episode. And in today's episode, we are kicking off our theme for this week, which is all about efficiency and effectiveness. In other words, becoming more efficient and more effective with your time. I hear this over and over again from many a small business owner. In fact, let's be honest, we hear it all the time from everybody, which is they don't have enough time. They're running out of time. They have too much to do. And it leads to incredible levels of stress, real pressure. It leads us to making mistakes in our business. It can lead to burnout. And of course, it can then lead to all kinds of other uh, mental issues, emotional issues, physical issues. It can ruin relationships, marriages. It can literally destroy your life. Not being efficient, not being effective with your time is more than getting more done. It's about making sure you do more of the right things in the right way. Yes, it's about becoming more productive, but it's making sure that the stuff that you're doing is actually more effective. So in other words, it's not about doing twice as many things that give you half the result to give you one whole result. It might be about doing twice as many things that give you twice the result. Does this make sense? So for this week, I'm going to want you to really be open-minded and dissect how you work, how you look at work, maybe even some long-standing connections to what hard work is. For many of us, you know, we grew up feeling like we had to work hard in order to deserve what it is that we got out of life. I always remember having this sense, this idea, and even if it was never uttered, I always remember feeling like in my granddad's day, it always felt like, you know, if you didn't get your hands dirty, it didn't count as hard work. And in my dad's day, it was almost like, you know, if you didn't get sweaty, if you didn't, you know, if you didn't work hard and feel like you work hard, and to some degree, if you didn't not like your job, does that make sense? It didn't count as hard work. And when you set up a business, you become an entrepreneur, I see many people, myself included, where you feel like in order to get the rewards that you deserve, you need to work hard. Now, here's the thing. Do you need to work hard as a business owner? Yes. You'll hear me beat that drum all day long. You need to work hard. For many people, they have to work harder than they ever think they're going to have to work to really make their business successful. For some people, they have to work a lot harder than they want to, maybe a lot harder than they ever had to. And the truth of the matter is we do need to work hard in order to create success. And everyone that's ever created success before you has had to work hard. They've had to put in long hours. That goes without saying. However, you can be ineffective and work really hard. And also, you can really enjoy your work and it not necessarily feel like hard work, even though you might be putting the hours in. So we're going to be breaking down a lot of this stuff over this week. But today I want to kick the whole process off by getting you to go back in time and think about how that 1950s fat cat used to run his empire, the CEO of old. 
And then look at how we run our lives today. Look at the expectations that we put on ourselves. The expectations may be that our clients put on us. And if you have staff or other people working for you or alongside you in your business, the unreasonable expectations that maybe they have on you. And to some degree, maybe you have on other people as well. And I want you to compare the business world of old with the business world of today. And I want you to think about what we can learn from the past. What can we learn from that CEO, that fat cat in his New York skyline office and he's got his drinks cabinet and he's smoking cigars and for some of us, we're thinking, wow, that was the good old days. For other people, we're thinking that is a bygone era, best forgotten. Well, either way, there are lessons that we can learn from that guy because I tell you what, he didn't have it all wrong. The modern world that we live in today is one where we have so much information at our hands, you know, our, our iPads, our computers, our phones, even our watches now, you know, we've got this stuff being pumped into us. We live in a world where we can respond and react really fast to people. We live in a world where the whole world is at our fingertips and we can plug into almost any person on this planet. We can communicate with them at any time of the day whether it's text messaging, email, we've got social media on tap, TV 24 hours, hundreds of channels. You know, we are literally bombarded with information. When we go back to that 1950s fat cat, he literally did not have that quantity of data coming at him, whether it be in entertainment form or whether it's in terms of his business. So whilst I love the modern world, I wouldn't want to go back and live in the 1950s personally myself. However, when I look at how he ran his business, how he ran his empire, and I look at what I do sometimes day to day, we have to question the sanity of this modern world. Now, this isn't going to be another preachy lecture about social media and about having your head in your phone or anything like that. This is really simply about becoming a higher performing entrepreneur, a higher performing business owner so that you can become more successful. So let's take that trip back in time to the 1950s. We're drawn to the top floor of the New York City skyscraper. We're drawn to the largest corner office. And in there you have this mahogany desk and you have this incredible skyline. There's a diary on the desk. There's a box of cigars next to them. And there's a drinks cabinet in the corner of the office. And there's very little else outside the office. Beyond the closed door, we see another desk. At that desk is the gatekeeper. It's the personal assistant to the CEO. And nothing, nobody gets past her. Nothing gets passed directly to the CEO. No phone calls, nobody. The financial director doesn't get in. The marketing director doesn't get in. His own wife doesn't necessarily even get to go in without passing her first. Now, in our life today, just a quick reflection, where's your gatekeeper? Who protects you from the outside world? Who protects you from all the information, all the people that want a piece of you? There isn't one. And therefore, everything just comes in. It's like you're sitting there, not in an office at all. You're in an open plan office where everybody has access to you all of the time. Not just your business colleagues, but also everybody in your personal life has unfettered access to you. When we look at our 1950s fat cat, the way he would run his day, it might start something like this. He comes in, he sits down. His secretary, PA, she comes in, she brings him a coffee. Over his coffee, she takes him through the morning post. 
He dictates to her there and then the replies to those letters. He then says to her, hold all my calls. He says, if my wife calls, tell her it's okay. I've made reservations at eight o'clock at McCuskey's. He then turns around and says, I don't want to see anybody. I don't want to hear from anybody. However, if Jack from accounting comes in, please show him through. She goes out and she shuts the door behind her. He then opens up his diary. He looks at the first task. He does his first task. It could be a meeting on the phone. It might be that he has to go to a board meeting. He comes back and he works through his diary. Maybe at 12 o'clock, the PA secretary comes back in and she gives him his messages. He then tells her, right, I want you to take these actions on these messages. I'll take care of these ones myself. She says, your wife is fine. She'll meet you there at just before eight o'clock and that the kids are great and blah, blah, blah. Then he says, okay, fantastic. He sits down, she goes out, she takes action based on what he told her to. He then maybe gets back to the one, two or three people that he wants to or needs to get back to personally. And then he goes off for his lunch break or he goes off for his lunch appointment or his lunch meeting. He comes back from lunch, he comes back in, in comes the PA and the secretary. And again, she goes through maybe the second post of the day, takes the dictations down of the responses and the replies that he needs to make. Also, he then might say to her, right, okay, don't forget, I want to see this guy, but also I'm waiting on a call from XYZ. Please put them straight through if they call. And she's there acting as this gatekeeper. Maybe at around five o'clock, she comes back in with the messages that she's been taking over the last two or three hours. He replies to those messages either through her or directly himself. He shuts his diary, closes up for the day, and he goes home. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm sure he had some horrid days where he was working 18-hour days, 20-hour days or more, I'm sure. However, his day looks something like that. It was organized. His PA, his gatekeeper, she kept everybody else at bay. He was focusing on one task at a time. It was mapped out, planned out in his diary. He had the space in his diary for the lunch appointment. She was dealing with some of his personal life, just not needing it to get through to him. He didn't need to have the conversation with his wife. It was okay just to get that message to his wife and for him to get the message that that was okay. In our life today, we feel this absolute need that somehow we need to respond to everything immediately. For him, there was one or two things that were urgent and he would reply to them immediately or she would allow those people in. Everything else got held off and then he would deal with it at set times of the day. Nothing got left over, nothing got forgotten, everything got dealt with, but everything got dealt with on his agenda in the allotted time that he has in his default diary. So his default diary basically says, you know, at nine o'clock to half past nine, do X, Y, Z, tidy up the message, take the mail, pass on whatever information he needs to, to his PA. Between 9.30, he has his first appointment, and maybe 10.30, then he has this, then a lunch appointment or a lunch meeting or just lunch with his wife or lunch on his own. Then he says, right, I'm going to do this at this time, that at that time. We then get back to all those messages at certain times. It all gets done and it's peaceful and it's calm and he's working hard. He's working smart. He's working efficiently and effectively. He hasn't got the distractions in place that pull him off one task, that pull him down another path, and then he has to find his way back to the original path, or maybe he forgets to go back to the original path, and then that job gets forgotten, and then he's under pressure, then he's under stress. Now he's having to work longer hours to catch up on the mess. Maybe he's having to do, you know, make apologies make it up to people, maybe he's having to work at weekends to make up for the chaos that was during the week. That sounds more like your life, my life, and everyone else in the modern day world's life. 
We're spending our time constantly being pulled off onto other people's agenda. What I admire most about the 1950s fat cat, he run the show. It was his agenda, his diary, and everybody worked to his agenda. Because of that, he kept himself on his agenda. He wasn't pulled away from his agenda. He had that gatekeeper to protect his agenda. And that meant that he could focus on the stuff that he needed to focus on to drive that business forward. In the modern world today, we're sitting there and maybe we don't have the office and maybe we don't have the gatekeeper, maybe we don't even have the staff, etc. But what we have is an open door policy for the whole world to come in and distract us from what it is we're trying to do. Everybody feels like they have the right to just call you up, send you a text, send you an email, and to expect you to reply to that immediately. We then have that expectations on ourselves, so we do it. We then reinforce that expectations in those people around us that we get back immediately. What that means is, of course, is you're busy one day, you don't reply for a couple of hours, and that client then chases you again. Or maybe it's your wife or your kids or your friends or your husband, and they chase you again and again because they're so used to you replying immediately. Maybe they're worried that something's happened. Or they're just frustrated that they can't move their own agenda forward because they're used to you just jumping and responding and replying immediately. So we live our life like this, with social media, with telephones, with email. There's no gatekeeper anymore. We don't employ a gatekeeper. We don't put a gatekeeper in place in ourselves. All our technology is open. All our technology is constantly communicating with us. The equivalent of modern life back in 1950s would be that he has an open door policy. Every single person in his business just wanders in unannounced and just declares either what they want or what they want from him or what they need or just to say hi. Not only that, it's the equivalent of everyone in his personal life also coming into his office and distracting him with nonsense. Does this make sense? The important stuff got through the gatekeeper. He wasn't missing anything. It was the nonsense that was kept outside or it was other stuff that was important, but he didn't need to be distracted by it so he could work on it in his own time, thus be much more efficient and effective with all of his work, including the work that he was keeping at arm's length for a period of time. Social media is the equivalent of not just people coming in like your friends and your family and everybody coming in. And asking for stuff, social media is like, you know, you're sitting there at 11 o'clock, you know, and he's in his office and then someone walks around the corner and it's a friend that turns around and says, oh, by the way, this is what I had for breakfast. Could you ever imagine a CEO getting distracted by some friend's breakfast, right? That's what it's like with social media. And then he feels like he has to like that comment or reply to that comment. Otherwise, in some way or form, he's offended that person. So he takes the time out of his work, might only be a minute to say, thanks for sharing that, thumbs up. And then what happens, of course, now every person that comments on that person's breakfast is like them coming into the office and saying, I really like that breakfast too. And somebody else comes in there and makes a comment and says, oh, I just said to him this. And it's like you're hearing everything, everything. And most of it is nonsense. Everything's pinging you. Everything's ringing. Everything's giving you alerts all day long, 24-7. You wake up in the morning you haven't even got out of bed. What do you do? Check your email, check your texts, check your social media. Then you get out of bed, you go and have a shower. You then check your phone again. There's other things popping up, personal stuff, some business stuff. 
Then maybe you're in the gym in the morning or going for a run or going for a walk with the dogs. Your head's in your phone. You're constantly having this stream of information and data, but more importantly, all this distraction that's coming in is occupying valuable real estate in your mind space. We can only hold you know, between five and nine things. They say the average number of things that we can hold in mind at any one point in time is seven. Once we start holding more information or trying to hold more information than that, what happens is we have to start taking stuff out of our kind of conscious memory, if you like, and starting to store it somewhere else. And we're constantly having this recall. And in another episode this week, I'm going to talk to you about multitasking and the absolute devil that it is for destroying your productivity and increasing your stress, and making you work twice as hard to get half the results with twice as many errors in them. For now, I just want to paint the big picture here and shine a light on the ludicrousness of what it is we're trying to do here and how it's massively negatively impacting our ability to be efficient with our time, to be effective with our time, and how damaging it is to our personal performance, and therefore, obviously, the success that we're able to achieve in life and in business. I want you to look at the 1950s fat cat as a role model, not in all ways, but in the ways that he managed his time and the way that he managed his agenda. And I want you to think, what could you put in place? And I've had this conversation with many, many business owners. This is content that I'm sharing with you right now that comes right out of success groups. And this is stuff that I've been sharing with our mastermind members and our online members and our success group plus mastermind members for years now which is let's look at the 1950s fat cat. Maybe we don't want to have the scotch in the middle of the day. Maybe we do. Maybe we don't want to sit there and be smoking in the office. Maybe if you have an office, it's illegal to smoke in your office, okay? But the bottom line is really simple. There's so much we can learn from him in terms of how he managed his diary, how he managed his workload, and most importantly, the message of today, how he managed his agenda, So for many business owners, I suggest to them what they do is they have set times, just like he did with his first post and his second post. You have set times where you look at your emails. You say, right, half past eight to nine o'clock, I'm going to go through my emails, sort my emails, reply to everything that I can or need to there and then. Then I'm going to put the rest, if there's tasks or there's things I need to take action on, I'll then factor them into my diary. And then I'm going to get on with the tasks that I need to do to push my business forward. So the first thing in the morning, I'm going to focus on, for example, where my sales opportunities, I might look at my marketing, I might look at my new business development opportunities. I might work on those things first thing in the morning. And then I'm going to keep the phone off. I'm going to keep the email off. I'm going to close the computer even. I don't know, whatever you can do to block the world out. And then I'm going to say, right, at 11 o'clock, I'm going to check in with X, Y, and Z. Maybe at 12 o'clock, You recheck your emails, recheck your phone messages, reply to what you need to reply. And then maybe you too go on that half hour lunch, 45 minute lunch. Maybe you do take an hour for lunch. Have that break, clear your mind, clear that space, go to the gym, whatever it is you need to do. Then you come back, check your messages, reply to what you need to again. And then you get onto the task for the afternoon and you focus on each task and you give each task 100% of your attention. And because of that, Not only are you performing better in terms of the quality of the work that you're doing, but you'll finish that task in half the time, maybe even in less than half the time. Later this week, I'm going to share with you just how much time that you're wasting, how inefficient you're being with this task swapping 
that we're doing right now, having an email open and then answering a phone message, then going back to the email and then getting distracted by social media, then coming back to another phone message or to another email. It's so inefficient. It's so ineffective. It's so stressful and it's completely and utterly unproductive and it's holding you back. That's what I'm going to share later this week. So make sure you listen to the rest of the episodes. But to simplify what I'm saying right now, what do you think about your kid's timetable for school if you have kids? If not, remember the timetable you had when you were at school. Be at a certain place at a certain time for registration. Then at another time, you had five minutes or so to walk to your class. You then had, I know, single biology, double maths, whatever it was. And that's what you focused on for that whatever it might be, half an hour, 45 minutes, maybe an hour, depending on the length of that lesson. Then you had another five minutes to get to your next class. You had double English. You were focused on English. The English books came out. The math books were forgotten. Everything else, the PE kit was in the locker. You were just focused on English. At the end of that lesson, you had 45 minutes, an hour for lunch. You hung out with your friends. You kicked a football around, whatever you did. Then you came back and the timetable says, right, at X time, you come back to this place and you go to that place for a certain lesson and then another lesson. And in between each of these lessons, there's these five or 10 minute gaps so you can get from one class to the next. And every lesson you go to, you put away the books for the last lesson, you open up the books for the new lesson, your mind switches from English, it goes into maths, and then you focus solidly on maths. Then you put away the maths and then move on to PE. And when you're doing PE, you're just thinking about the game that you're playing or the exercises that you're doing. You're not thinking about the maths because that's been put away. You're not thinking about the English because that's been put away. Everything has its allotted time and everything gets 100% of your attention during that allotted time. And therefore, you don't have to carry one thing from one lesson into the next lesson into the next lesson. You don't have to worry about tomorrow. You don't have to worry about next week because it's all in the diary. It's all in the calendar. It's all taken care of. And then you need to be really strict with that. Just like school would put you in detention or punish you in some way for missing a lesson or for being late for a lesson, you have to be strict with your own diary. Right now, I'm meant to be doing sales. Between 10 o'clock and 12 o'clock on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I'm meant to be doing pure sales calling. And you have to be so disciplined with your agenda and say, right, that is all I do between those two hours. It will blow you away how much you can get done when you focus on something like that with that level of intensity without all of the distraction. But I get it, right? You're thinking, but there's a hundred things that need my attention. There's a hundred people that I need to be in communication with, whether it's current clients, potential clients, people that are serving my clients, whatever it might be, but there's all these people that I need to serve and I get it. All I'm saying is you need to bundle these up into set times, give them the time, allot the space so you can do everything you need to do. And then you need to focus on what you need to focus on in those times so that you can handle everything super efficiently and super effectively. Just like the 1950s fat cat. You don't want to forget anything. You don't want to drop everything. You need systems in places, diaries in places. You need maybe to-do lists, calendars, whatever you need to have in place. Design something that works for you. I'm not really into time management per se because people just don't apply it when you're, you tell them exactly what to do. But come up with a system that works for you, one that organizes your day so that everything gets done, everything has its time. And when you're working on sales or marketing or responding to emails, that's all you need to think about. There's no other distractions coming into your life, but also your thought process. You don't need to be thinking about all these other things because you know they're taken care of. Does this make sense? I tell you now, it will 
transform your life. It will revolutionize your life if you start to look back to that 1950s fat cat and you start to learn the lessons of how he ran his diary, how he ran his agenda and the discipline that he had with those gatekeepers to keep his time precious for himself and to make sure that nothing was dropped, everything got done, but everything was on his agenda in its allotted time And he was super focused, super efficient, and super effective with every ounce of his time that he had. That's how you're going to build an empire. That's how you're going to get more done than you ever thought possible. It's how you're going to get twice as much done in half the amount of time. Next session, I'm going to share with you how you can maximize this even more. I'm going to be talking to you about the absolute perils of trying to multitask and how we literally physically cannot do it. And yes, ladies, that includes you. But right now, for the next day or so, think about systems and processes, diaries and agendas. How can you protect yourself? How can you give yourself that tunnel focus so that you can take your productivity through the roof? Don't forget, if you are a five-figure service-based business and you haven't yet hit £100,000 in turnover and you want to know what's it going to take to hit six figures in the next 12 months or less, get yourself onto the six-figure fast track. How to take your five-figure business to 100K or more in the next 12 months or less. We're going to be looking at the six-figure mindset that you need to have, the six-figure model, business model, and the six-figure day-to-day methodologies that are going to take your business to 100 grand or more in the next 12 months or less. It's completely possible. I have an absolute presupposition that every business owner right now has a business that they can take to 100 grand or more in the next 12 months if they apply the changes to their working, the changes to their business model, maybe their mindset, and definitely they need to stop doing certain things that are holding them back, and they definitely need to double down on certain things that are going to give them the maximum rewards and the maximum results. You can get all that information completely free of charge. It's a webinar masterclass waiting for you right now. You'll find that at biggerbrighterbolder.co.uk forward slash fast track. Get yourself and your business onto the six figure fast track. I'll drop that link in the description below. I will see you next time. And until then, as always, be successful. Leveling up extreme business growth through raising your game. When what was once extraordinary becomes ordinary, you know you've leveled up.